You know, I was having a, a weird thought. You know how, like, in the Multiverse of Madness for Marvel, you find out, like, there's all of these in like, different universes and shit that exist? Mm -hmm. What if that also technically applies to Star Wars? Like, I, I mean, like, you, you could assume so, but it's never, like, specified. What if there is a alternate reality where Obi-Wan post-Order 66 is throwing that ass in, like, a Tatooine strip club where Palpatine is his, like, gay pimp? I mean, like, would you not read the, smut about that in the infinite multiverse? You know, that's probably exists somewhere. So I can comfortably fantasize about Obi-Wan Kenobi being cheeked up in the club. I don't know about comfortably, but you can definitely fantasize about it. Eh, if I can fantasize about it, I'm pretty comfortable. Uh, I'll give on, you I'm that one. To... Thank you. <laughs> Welcome everyone to The Force Unscripted. It's your boy Nikita back with the final installment for our three-part Obi-Wan Kenobi season finale. I'm super excited to wrap this season finale up and then get ready for the next season. Just kind of as a heads up, we will be taking probably about a month hiatus to get the new artwork for the next season done. We will be having a new member join our cast. His name is Exotic. He has been a Star Wars fan for a while, but I'm going to leave you guys wondering about him until the next season. For now, let's go ahead and begin our discussion about Obi-Wan from basically post-Order 66 until he evaporates in the fourth movie, A New Hope, the first movie, I guess, if you're speaking non-chronologically. So, Hunter, I know you've watched Kenobi. What are your thoughts on Obi-Wan after his exile? Do you think that his exile was important to the character that he became once we get to A New Hope? Do you feel like his like commune with Qui-Gon was something that was where exile was necessary? for him to reach the point that he gets to in a new hope well i i don't know i don't know if i'd call it exile because he wasn't really exiled he was it was like, definitely a self-imposed exile it was self-imposed sure but it's still okay. an exile like yeah you know i think our our last episode and the one before really we i kind we talked about how kind of like uptight uh obi-wan was for a lot of his like life uh, but then like after after the kenobi show like at the end yeah we see we see he's had like that development uh where you know he's able to actually commune with with qui-gon at that point i do think like that seclusion where he needed to like learn about himself was important but also like moping around for 10 years was i don't know a little bit of a, a stretch but also i think the way you get 10 from was it eight eight years you're talking about from the end of Order 66 to A New Hope? No, to the Kenobi show. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, never mind. I, I, okay, 10. I was confused for a second. I thought you were talking about, like, he was only exiled for 10 years. Like, what the hell? No, no, he was exiled till A New Hope, but just the... Yeah, like, 19, the 20 show, years. Like, yeah, halfway yeah. through. I think, I think they said Luke was, like, 8 or 9, so yeah, that lines up. 
I do like the story of the Kenobi show. I do like the trauma that he has from having to, to what he thought was off his, you know, brother to learning he's alive, realizing that maybe like everything wasn't his fault the whole time and like he wasn't just the worst Jedi ever and maybe he could still be a Jedi even though the order doesn't exist anymore etc etc i think i think they did that story really well like teaching him how to to care and teach and be the master jedi that he used to be you know the like qui-gon 2.0 i didn't love like a few of the plot elements reva was a little just a forced i think <laughs> but i love when she gets diffed by vader though that was <laughs> like a, the you know the inquisitor stuff uh an inquisitor turning on vader that kind of thing like that's totally in line with what i would expect from sith slash jedi to sith shenanigans that kind of thing but uh i i just think the the plot line there was a little too forced and like a little tacky but like the the rest of the story i felt was good like him meeting leia we needed that connection between him and leia to like to explain why of all the people she could have gone to once she had the Death Star plans, why she went to Obi-Wan, like how she knew to, I mean, maybe she did or didn't. I feel like she knew that CPO, C-3PO and R2 were like old companions of Obi-Wan. Also, like we see- If she did, then I have no recollection of that because that didn't happen in Legends or in uh, in Disney as far as I know. She didn't find out that uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 were related to their father until the, the Swarm Queen Wars. That's when okay, okay. that's when they found out. So it was like, I think Jason and Jaina were already like almost in their early 20s. That's fair. So that was just coincidental. But, the, you know, the fact that she knew to send the, the plans to him at all, that, that was definitely a little bit explained at least. She, she trusted him. She knew that he was... A man of his word and would would do the right thing and we see like i liked one of the the plot lines we see him seeing a, a clone trooper uh i forget his name they gave him a name but the the clone trooper who was like begging for money just seeing like the legacy of what the war what his troops because i think that even that guy was a 501st trooper so he probably would have known him like personally or at least like worked with him uh, at some point when him and anakin were doing joint you know task forces and whatnot so there were a lot of little plot points i think that came together very well uh, and i think it did t show us how they shaped or how obi-wan was shaped from the the more uptight you know rule following person that he was to the more calm and one with the forceness that qui-gon you know always seemed to be uh, i think we get a, a nice transition into him like realizing that the force isn't just something you use it's also something like you feel and commune with that kind of thing mm -hmm. the difference between and the living force and the was it physical force or something like that cosmic force Co sure the unifying force which one there's a bunch of them the one that you use versus the one that's like everything i forget i, I, I you're right i think there's like four the canon there's stuff, a couple but... of them they always say that yeah. there's like two and it's never like two <laughs> but uh you know it's funny one of the things that i actually think disney did better than legends is that little time period post order 66 pre a new hope because there are times in the Legends series where i wish they had gone more into it and they really don't there's one book that's written by john jackson miller that's that's called kenobi um, it's it's literally this the same time period, except Obi Wan. Well, it's a it's a little bit sooner than what takes place in the Disney timeline. Obi Wan is basically doing his hermit. 
in in the desert, they people are already starting to know him as Ben now, and like he is basically living a couple of you know like a couple dozens of kilometers from like this town where the big thing in the town is there's this vaporator that they got the settings right 10 years ago it's like the prime settings the owner of the vaporator was like the husband to like the main protagonist who is like who ends up falling for obi-wan which i think is funny then the Tusken Raiders attack, they like blow up this perfect Vader Raider and they're like, oh my God, we're never going to get these settings right. And the story is just basically giving you background as to how Obi-Wan kind of transitions into his hermit ship, I guess, basically going from full Obi-Wan to Ben. And in the story, he, you know, he has a scene where he has to pull out his lightsaber in order to defend. He has to help them escape the Tuscans. He learns how to... The only relevant information from that book that is re-referenced is the fact that you learn that in this book, this is where he figures out how to simulate the sound of the crate Dragon and, and learns that the Tusken Raiders, when they hear this, will run. And of course, that's one of the like the first iconic scenes in A New Hope where Ben Kenobi comes up and does the sound and waves his hands and the Tusken Raiders run away, you know? that's That's really all we get as far as Obi-Wan is concerned in the Legends timeline. So when I saw Kenobi, not only did I freak out because obviously it's, you know, the Obi-Annie that I know from, you know, the the prequel trilogy and I, ugh, Hayden Christensen, love them. He does a beautiful man. And just getting to see them basically like rehash a lot of the choreography and some of the you know moments that they had is while they were still master padawan from you know like the clone wars era it's just i thought it was really good i agree that there were some plot points that were either felt a little forced or i was just kind of uninterested in but i absolutely and wholeheartedly loved the stuff with leia getting to meet lola and all of that kind of stuff because one thing that, that that i was telling you about the other day was like when it came to episode four one thing that i never understood the first time watching through was why leia chose this old man like sure friend of your dad sure knew him from the clone wars which we didn't really know about when we saw them but like what would make you want to call up some old fucking dude in their what obi-wan is in his like 60s at that point right like mid 50s early 60s some, somewhere around there and you're just like uh buddy like why are you talking to this old dude like ex excuse me and then you see like the kenobi series and you're just like oh okay he knew exactly who she was yeah, of course he was watching over like luke and you knew he was watching over luke but we never really get to see what obi-wan got to do for leia and the kenobi series is what opened us into that and i also think it's cool that we also get to see what it's like to be so separated from the force like we get we get hints of it in certain new canon information like the information that we're provided with from jedi fallen order you know like cutting yourself off from the force is like losing a limb it's something that you've just always had there your entire life it's innate you train it you cultivate it and then all of a sudden it's gone it can be disorienting it can change who you are and you see obi-wan kind of deal with that but i think that he does it in a way that 
shows his true connection with the force like sure he may have cut himself off from it but i still feel like he was intimately connected with it enough to that when it came back of course it was like riding a bike of course it was like you know meeting with an old friend who you haven't talked to in a while and you catch up immediately where you left off like it felt really nice how they did it because it's not like i was expecting them to do like maybe like a one or two episode where like he's trying to get it like he used to get it and he couldn't but he goes from like, oh, I'm getting my shit smacked by Vader to like, wait a minute, I I'm forgetting who I am. I'm the master, bitch. Like, you finna take some rocks to the fucking dome. Like, and he he goes back and he's just like, he, he kicks Vader's ass. And then, of course, that leads to like, my last point for the Kenobi series is I thought, and I still think this, and you can fight me on this if you want to, but I think that the most poetic thing that Disney has ever done in regards to Star Wars so far is the color work in the scene where Anakin slash Vader talks to Obi-Wan with his mask broken. If you watch that scene and go back, you can see how they do the blue and the red light where like Anakin peeks through for a little bit, then Vader comes back through and then you can see like there's, there's this look on Obi-Wan that's kind of hope, but then it also fades to where he's seeing the darkness of the person that he once saw as a brother. Like I thought that that was just, it was just beautifully done. It was very poetic. It was just A1 Disney. Like, I shit on Disney all the time, but I give them a 10 out of 10 for that scene, if anything. I actually agree with you. I, I saw that that color shift when I was watching it the first time where, you know, he's talking like, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did, you know? And you can see the relief almost on Obi-Wan's face. Like, the relief is is very visible when he's like, I wasn't the one that, that ruined my friend here. My friend did this to himself. He built up this, like, evil persona and fully bought into it, and he's just eating it up because he can't bear to face, like, who he was before and what he's done. And I think that helped, really helped, I mean, it did, clearly. It really helped Obi-Wan come to terms with what happened. Like, he really thought, like, he had to take out like somebody he loved so much but in reality that person took their own self out and showed it to him and even gave him like the out that he needed to be like i'm gonna i'm gonna let go because before that you know yes he was getting it he was getting his touch back he was getting his groove back realizing like this is what he needed to do anakin didn't die maybe i can save him a little bit let me see maybe there's still some good in him and then vader being like actually there's no more anakin i killed him <laughs> you know and obi-wan's like like, well, sh let me just smack the f out your ass. Like, <laughs> I feel like Anakin was able to pull through for that brief moment to let his friend know it's not you. Move the f on. This is what I am now. You need to do your sh. I've done my sh. Anakin is dead. Now it's your turn to get your sh together because the next time we see each other, that's it. I feel like Anakin was like let, trying his best to let him know that. I think where the Anakin peeked through there, maybe not where he's like trying to, you know, give his friend that closure. Maybe so. Maybe maybe he felt that Obi-Wan was really conflicted and he wouldn't be, have like a good fight with it. You know, because Vader wants to, you know, be the most powerful. He wants to prove he's the most powerful. So he doesn't want to fight you while you're... While you're wimpy as heck, he's just gonna force choke you, hold you in the air, and then light you on that. fire. 
He, the, he did it that. like two episodes before that. Like, let me let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. When he got his ass whooped by his former master, he got scared. And the little little boy Anakin peeked through when he got scared. Scared that he was gonna lose, just like he lost Padme, just like he lost to to Obi Wan the first time. Little boy, little boy Anakin pops out and he's like, "Oh, f I screwed up. That's my master. I'm about to get my ass whooped." And and then nope. and then he gets mad. And then he gets mad that he's losing, and that's when he pops up as Vader, and he's like, "You know what? F you! I killed that little baby. You know, th this is this is me now. I'm powerful. Yada yada." Yeah, your argument falls apart when you say that he was scared, because if you scared, why are you gonna give your opponent closure? That don't make no sense. He knows he knows that Obi Wan isn't gonna kill him. But why would you provide closure? That he's not providing. That's why I'm saying he's not providing closure. You're saying he's providing closure. You you said you know we record right? Yes. Let's go back and listen to the part where you said that he's providing. He's giving Obi Wan that like peace of mind kind of thing. Let's go back yeah, to that part said, and then let's go to said, the part where I said no, no, no. actually he wasn't. He was just a scared little. Yeah. Okay. So why if he's a scared little then why is he saying no you didn't kill him i did that's closure no 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 that's no the he's... closure right there no no he didn't do that for obi-wan's sake he did that for his own sake he got pissed off that he was a scared little baby and he was like you know what F that i'm mad i'm actually vader i'm big that. boy powerful i would believe that if the colors matched but he was blue the entire time he was saying that he wasn't blue when he was saying i i'm the one that killed anakin he was red when he said that no, he was red towards the end of it. It switched. That's what I'm it saying. It was blue in the beginning. But it was blue in the beginning. That's the whole okay. thing. The colors were good. We both liked the colors. You think he was being nice. I think <laughs> he was being over. a little bitch. Don't f***ing roll over. <laughs> I can't see your face. This is the like, problem. Good. I can't see your face to just, to just roast you. don't deserve you. to see this beautiful face. I'm going to get up. I'm going to come downstairs. And then we're going to talk on the same microphone. And I'm going to look you, you in the eyes. Pussy. Okay, no, no, no. I hear you. Stop, stop. I, it was a joke. It was a prank, bro. It was Hunter. It was prank. It was a prank. And that right there, that's the blue. Oh, you. <laughs> but no, I, 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 even, even though we may not see exactly eye to eye on it, the, the, the symbolism and the, and the poeticism was beautiful. I, that, like, I mentioned, I think it was like two or three episodes ago that, like, that's one thing that I love about Star Wars is like the poetic elements that you just like, yeah, that's, that's very beautiful. That's very artistic, and it just, it, it makes me appreciate the series that much more. You know, we had like similar discussions about the the color change and the scene change briefly during the the Ahsoka series. I think the new Filoni verse slash the others. I mean, it is the Filoni verse now because he is the the chief creative uh, officer or whatever. But uh, I think that is one of the few things. I mean, they've done they've done a lot of things good, especially in the Mandalorian department. But I think Disney has done a very good job of using the scenery and not just the words and actions of the you know the shows to to portray like really powerful and like moving moments like imagery that kind of thing like messages especially when it comes to vader slash anakin yeah and and that that's one thing i know it's kind of off topic for the show but it, it makes me um excited to see how they do stuff like acolytes where they don't really have anything from the past to kind of build off of you know like this stuff is stuff that's you know like it, it's grandfathered content you know like we have the clone wars we have the prequels so like the the base is there but for this there's really not one and so i want to see how they they kind of try to work those 
elements of of poeticism in and 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 symbolism because it, you know they're going to do it like they they're going to do it they always have really but it's just when you know what you're looking for it's easier to see and so i feel like knowing that they really don't have a base with some of the new content that they're going to be putting out and we know stuff to look for i think it's going to make the future series for for star wars pretty bright i i know i like in our in like the like the luke skywalker episode one of the things that i was mentioning was that i was apprehensive because you know here's my favorite series of all time not just sci-fi just favorite series of all time in the hands of disney and they could tremendously it up which they have but they also have the potential to do some great work which they also have so i gotta take the good with the bad but using Kenobi as like a starting point for what I could possibly expect makes me hopeful just because, I mean, as we've mentioned before, Obi-Wan Kenobi is, is one of the, the, the name brand Star Wars character names. You know, you hear Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know what I'm talking about. You he, everyone, everyone always loves and, and respects Obi-Wan to some degree. And it's just, a, I am happy that the Kenobi series exists because that is the period of his, that's really the period of his life we know the least about. Like obviously um, <laughs> with the creation of Planet Stujon, we know a little bit about before the Jedi Order, but with with the Kenobi series, we finally have a little bit of a, a kind of gap filler between episode three and episode four, which I, I really do like. And I want to see if they end up, I, like I think Kenobi is just a one shot, but I would like, another couple like another six to eight episodes even if 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 it was just that just to kind of see like what are the you know the chosen one twins like in their teenage years because we know leia ends up going into the imperial senate at the age of 15 or 16 we know luke just does country farm boy all the time shooting womp rats with his t16 you know so i kind of want to i would like to see a little bit part of that i also want to see what happens that obi-wan ages 40 years in the span of 20 because uh, okay i'm just thinking about it okay is it because of the sun well okay it, there is the dual sun theory i mean that's absolutely a a possibility but potentially this is just a, a very far stretch you know, in Revenge of the Sith, when Palpatine uses the Force lightning, he ages, like, ridiculously in that small yes. scene versus Mace? Yes. Obi-Wan starts to communicate with Qui-Gon. He starts to really tap into no. the Force. Eh? No. Eh? That's I not said how it was a stretch. With the, the, I said it was the, a really that, far that's stretch. That's more than a stretch. That's f***ing... That's like a baby the size of Chris Griffin walking out of his mom's vagina. Like, that is more than just a stretch, brother. That's not how that works. That is a specific drawback of the dark side, my friend. Yeah, I that that, that's the only thing I can think of, other than the sun. I mean, there are two suns. I mean, sun aging is a hundred percent a thing. I that's why I don't go outside. You can see my beautiful. That's what I think. I mean, that's like the most logical thing that I could think of. But like just like thinking about the timeline. So like when he picks up Anakin, he's nineteen. Ten years pass between that point and the end of the Clone Wars. So he's like basically thirty. And then twenty years pass. But that man does not look fifty years old. He does not. He uh he definitely looks like maybe just casting issues at the time with Alec Guinness and everything, but or they just didn't have the timeline solidified when they were. That know, is doing also all, true. Like, totally. They could have. They 100% could have set 
the Clone Wars like ten years earlier to like make it all make, but they did it. Why I, I don't know. I love, I love, love, love the fact that okay. Well, just to follow up on what you just said, first off, Vader is also technically what like like thirty nine forty. Yeah, and 40. he looks he looks older than Obi Wan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, the other thing is, I love the one scene that people get from A New Hope where it's like, I fought with your father in the Clone Wars, and then they take that one scene from that one show, and it's like, you don't know what this is, but your children are going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that one. I actually wanted to go back to your uh, your point a minute ago about, like, a, like we don't have much stuff, and um, the season two of like Kenobi, you'd like to see more. So... I think there's like very little we've seen about getting Kenobi season two. And I think uh, that's partially due to the like really poor viewership that it's gotten. I think uh, Kenobi and Ahsoka are like the two least watched shows that they've done, like anything. Uh, just unfortunately, a like the Ahsoka for the fact that like people didn't watch the Clone Wars cartoons. Um, so they weren't caught up or Mandalorian. So like they had no clue what the heck was going on at all. Also, like, Kenobi, they're just like, I mean, okay, it's Kenobi. And then they got, like, this side plot about this Inquisitor that they don't really care about. And it was tacky. Like, literally, if you just pull Reva out, keep in, like, third, all the other Inquisitors, literally just pull out Reva, your viewership goes up. I feel like, I, I think... And that's I not a, that's sp- not a knock on the actor. Like I think there's they they gave her like such a bad like I just think that portion of the plot was just done so poorly. And why did she find Luke? Like yeah, it was a little bit. It, the, the series was too short. Also, they're, they're yes. okay now. As much as I love it, as and especially I love that one scene that we were talking about. The the series planning was kind of done poorly. I'm not gonna lie. Eight episodes wasn't it. The plot with her wasn't it. Like I wanted, if you were gonna include the Inquisitors and Tatooine and Luke, like make a fight. Like that should have been a fight. Like a fight, fight. Yeah, yep. Like the, the, there was there was so much they could have done with it, which is why I was hoping that maybe there would be like a second shoot off, or at least if not a Kenobi shoot off, something from that time period. We just don't have the. Well, in Disney, as we far have as Rebels, I know, we don't. but I mean, yeah, but Rebels is still. Well, I guess. You do get a small bit of Obi-Wan development there, too. Yes, but he's already old man at that point. Yeah, but we get some very good development him versus Maul. Yes, but that's it. It's just I him know. and Maul. I know, I know. Yeah, I I want something. I want to know But like about... they, That's what they did. They took that plot line. They literally took Maul, and then they were like, let's make Reva do it, too. Yeah. I What I want is I want the second Obi-Wan training arc. I want to see what he does, what he learns about the cosmic and the living force to turn him to Qui-Gon 2.0 by the time Luke is of age. That's what I want to see. So here's the thing. Like they, the viewership for Kenobi wasn't that great, right? I'm talking about the viewership. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. A lot of that is going to be like what you're, what you're describing right now, a show kind of centered around that. I feel like a lot of it is going to be very lore heavy and I don't know if they're willing to commit to something that like does the lore like that. I don't care what they're willing to commit to. I still want it. Well, I think if they did a book that does it all, I think that'd be great. I don't know that they could do a, I don't know that they would do a series, but they could absolutely like commission a book to go like really in depth into that and people would eat it up. I feel like there's such a polarization of the content that real Star Wars fans want and people who actually just, people who just like Star Wars want. Right. I'm... I am excited. We did mention Acolyte. I am excited for that because it's meant to focus on the dark side. I I hope they don't just do like a dark side turns light side kind of thing. 
I hope they really dive into the the you know nuances of of falling to the dark side or even being in the dark side from the get go. You know, do they uh, ever explain in Disney how Palpatine was able to like shroud? the jedi from the dark side like from his own self because you know you know how he does it in in legends right it's been a hot minute since i read that, that there's book. like a there's like a it's like a it's either sith or jedi one of them it's like an artifact under the fucking temple yeah 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 and it makes them fucking hazy i do know about that yeah but i don't do, do they ever explain how he does it or how it's done in in disney timeline not that i'm aware of i think it's just one of those like he concealed his presence in the force kind of thing oh uh, it's dumb how you gonna just conceal the culmination of thousands of years of the rule of two? Well, the the thousands of years of rule of two have been kind of hiding for a hot minute, so maybe they got really good at it. Uh, but you know, you might you like you you might be right. Like, I mean, that was one thing that Yoda admits in the uh, in the episode three novelization. He's like, you know, these thousands of years we Jedi have remained the same, but the Sith have changed, and now we can't fight them anymore. Let's see. Rick 3PO says, Force stealth, also referred to as force concealment or buried presence, was a power that was used by highly skilled force sensitives to mask their force alignment, their ability to use... Well, I know about this, but it's it's just a possibility. Yeah. Okay, I see. The thing about force concealment and hiding in the force, that thing, that becomes, like, integral to the Jedi, like, post-Yuzong Vong War. They figure out how to do that shit, and it's like crack. (laughs) In fact, that's the only reason why Jason goddamn stupid solo kills my badass. Yeah. <laughs> I miss Mara Jane. In a tunnel with poison. In a tunnel with poison, yeah. F*** him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's really all the content that we have. I mean, like, that's the main part of the content. Obviously, when we get to, you know, like, 19, that's 20 it. years after the end of the Clone Wars, we get a bit of... A bit more of lore. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I was gonna say like let's hit let's hit a new hope. Let's uh No shit, Sherlock. Where we gotta okay. stop. He he gotta die at some point, right? Okay, you're right, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, you a lot is... awfully like you were about to close out something and I was like, hold up. Well, I'm closing out that portion because there's a ten year jump skip. The mall fight again, excellent, 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 excellent symbolism by Disney. Just the my favorite part of the entire fight. And it's not really even dealing with the dialogue so much as it is him shifting through his forms, right? Because he, he starts off the stance, um, you know, like how he he used to hold his lightsaber. Then he changes to Qui-Gon's or he goes, is it is it his original? Then his, I forget I the think, order that it's in. I, yeah, he goes, um, I think it was like. It or- was his, it was his first one. Then it was his, then it was Qui-Gon's, and then it was his, his, like, final one, right? No, no, it was, it was his he first He is with one, Qui-Gon's. Then his, then his cocky one, and then, and then Qui-Gon's one. And then he, and then he stops on Qui-Gon's to bait Maul into fighting right. him, correct? Correct. Yeah, and then he's like, well, I've learned from my mistakes. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't have the hubris that I did back then. I'm not angry like I was back then, you know? And and, and, I, and he doesn't have the the hubris that Maul has because Maul's like, oh, I know that stance. I got him. He's dead. This is easy. And he just he just charges right in. And then as you as you made the comment, he gets sliced the other way this time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, you gotta make. Man's really got quartered by Obi Wan. Literally got quartered. And then, and then there's like a very brief dialogue between him as he's dying with Obi Wan, where he says, uh, "Like, is is he the chosen? Is he the chosen one? one? Yeah." And, and Obi Wan's like, "He is." That but was, he's not. He doesn't. He's not. I'm you not fighting about this again. I'm not fighting about the chosen one shit. I'm not fighting about the chosen one shit. <laughs> I don't want to get into this again. Okay. We don't have enough. We don't have enough bandwidth for that. All right. Uh, not with that attitude. I can argue uh, for hours with you. Are you joking? Yeah, we've been arguing for like three days. So we've been arguing since high school. <laughs> Give me more jerky, man. It's in the freezer. <laughs> Wait for real? Yes. This motherfucker don't realize I'm downstairs. Hold on, I'm get my ass. Just don't eat it all, cause that's my last bag. No. Nope. I will come down there. No, nope. my jerky. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sitting down. I sat down. I sat down. You're a bully. He's bullying me. Is he coming downstairs? There better not be jerky in his hand right now. I'll feed him after this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, it was, uh, again, uh, very, very well done. I think the dialogue could have been better as far as, like, the Chosen One stuff. But I understand what they were saying, what he was saying, right? It's, um, so, because we, we got the, we got Maul's, like, whole thing. He's like, I want to get back on top. I want to get back on top. Maul's always trying to get back on top. And he's, like, predicting Palpatine's plan. He's trying to get around him, like get on top of his plan, get, you know, outthink him. He's always trying to, like, one-up Palpatine, and he always fails because he sucks. And, I mean, Maul's awesome, but he sucks. And he gets whooped, and he's like, he finally, Maul finally has, like, a little sense of clarity. He's like, I wasn't the guy. I wasn't him. You know, one thing that's interesting to think about, when you think, you know how, like, D&D alignments, uh, you have it, like, the, the, the grid, like, Mm-hmm, lawful mm-hmm. neutral chaotic yeah. i think that as far as star wars goes maul is the only real example we have of a neutral evil i think he's the only one neutral evil because mm-hmm. like lawful yeah. evil would be like dooku yeah. chaotic evil would be like palpatine or vader or vader yeah um no, you're i right. feel like right. asajj asajj kind of falls into like chaotic good i don't I, I don't think chaotic good i think chaotic good is anakin yeah i think okay. i think asajj ventress falls into like actual like just neutral territory like just true neutral see i uh in certain like at the beginning i don't towards the end she she was more of a g than she was like but she, you gotta like, understand she was, out, she was like, manipulated and abused that's why she was the way she was right, it wasn't her right fault. right right it wasn't right, and so like I I don't know that she was like full neutral, but um, I don't think she's full neutral. I think she's just the closest thing w- that we would have to that. That's fair. That's fair. She had all the alignments. Yeah, and then what? Let's see. Like lawful neutral would probably be Obi Wan. Yeah. No, he would be lawful good for yeah. sure. Yeah. Lawful neutral would be Mace Windu. Mace Windu, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and then what? Chaotic neutral would be like. Quinlan Voss probably. It's the only one I can really think of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think chaotic neutral. What would Balin be then? Balin would be lawful evil. Okay. Because he falls into like the Dooku esque kind of yeah. character. And then like I feel like neutral good would be like Ahsoka, probably. The Ahsoka the Gray, sure. I think even Ahsoka, like I, I think Ahsoka post Maldalorians. Okay, what about Ahsoka before like, that end of Ahsoka show? I think she's still like neutral good. Like she's she's in the middle of that good part because she's not chaotic I, for sure, and no, she's not lawful think... either. We would have to see what they follow up with. You're right. We don't we have do. Information. 
we do uh but i do think like the post anakin fight thing in the world between worlds we get more like closer towards lawful good than neutral good possibly but i still feel like i mean she was she did go against the new republic i feel like that's not lawful lawful i feel like she wants to she she wants to lean more towards chaotic i don't think she ever leans more towards lawful at no point like maybe when she's like brand new jedi have it hasn't been trained by anakin yet maybe no she was chaotic good at that point well she i feel like she was chaotic good as soon as she meets him like after their first mission after the clone wars movie because then she's like oh i can get away with this so yeah sure but like like when she first she tries to stick to the she tries to stick to the book in the beginning but then she's like my master's not so why would i i think i think once she she has that conversation with anakin that you know heated discussion we're getting way off topic but i think when she has that it's okay it's okay it's unscripted for a reason she moves and i'm not talking about new republic law for lawful stuff i'm talking about like the jedi law i think she moves way more towards lawful good than neutral good once she's had that like closure with anakin there possibly like i said i I still think we'd have to see i love how all of these series are wrapped around closure with anakin well yeah he's the chosen one cough cough no comment no you're mad i can see it in your face yeah i can see you (laughs) but yeah obi-wan kind of never really really shifts i feel like if anything he goes from like lawful good to neutral good like that's basically it yeah i I mean i guess he's being he's a little chaotic to be like yo let's pull up to the death star and i'm gonna go with the tractor beam and then just go evaporate <laughs> he's like you know what i'm gonna be qui-gon for just this last little bit there's always a bigger fish and then of course i think i guess the last thing that we can really wrap up is you know like tatooine to the death star i think that i think one of my favorite moments from a new hope is obi-wan's acknowledgement of luke before he fades into the force one thing that that like and you know, honestly, it'll almost make me cry to this day too. Is just seeing him turn and look at Luke trying to escape to the Falcon and then turning back, putting his saber up, closing his eyes and just like accepting it. Because I feel like- And he smiles. Don't forget they like smirks a little yes, bit. Yes, 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 true. He's and like, I, watch I this feel, shit. I, I feel like that scene means so much more to me now after seeing Kenobi because it almost feels like he was doing for Luke what Anakin popping through the Vader persona did for him. And of course, like we know like Luke flips the out and you know like is sad of course because like his the, the the old hermit that you know grew up down the block is all of a sudden dead after learning all this shit and you know he still you know talks to him as a force ghost but like i feel like obi-wan was trying to say like it's in your hands now it's okay just trust in the force and then he lets himself fade into the force and again another like pretty symbolic moment so i'd like to uh i'd like to discuss this a little bit why they did that here because i think there was a an interview where lucas came out and said like obi-wan wasn't originally gonna die he what they that was like a i don't think he should have died no no honestly but 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 here's here was the reasoning okay okay he wasn't gonna die originally but then they were gonna get to the fight with the death star and what was this old man gonna be doing while everyone else is flying the spaceships how is how is he gonna help Luke out? He was a commander thing. in the Clone Wars. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay, he's not a commander in the Rebellion. That kind of thing. Whatever. But this was this was Lucas said. Like there was he was gonna be sitting like twiddling his thumbs during this fight. What were they gonna do with him? 
oh, how is he going to provide guidance to, to Luke? Oh, let's make him a ghost. Let's make him a talking ghost. That's, what, that's what they get for and making then... him so f***ing old. He, he was still in the Star Wars universe where they live to be 120. He's not even middle-aged yet. He could have flown a f***ing X-Wing. And then after that, they're like, oh, wait a minute. He hasn't doesn't have a teacher no more. Now we got to invent another one. Here comes the little green frog. Damn, all these old people f***ing evaporating in front of Luke. I bet he's scared of steam. Like, y Yoda was not in the original plans, but they needed somebody else to teach him after they killed off Obi-Wan. Thank God for Frank Oz. But yeah, I they could have... I, I feel like that is just poor planning, because Obi Obi-Wan definitely could have done shit during the Death Star run. Like, for he's He's not even middle-aged. He looks like But they didn't like know that yet. I know, but I'm saying, like, now that we know, like, he's f***ing... He's, he's not even middle-aged, but he looks like he's f***ing one foot in the ground when they pick him up in the... F in, what was what was it the the dune sea like <laughs> you try living on a planet with two suns and it's only a desert and you don't have any of the like coal stuff to put around your eyes to protect them and shit i fucking love the family guy parodies of star wars what was the what was the episode four one called blue harvest or something like that where he goes he tells one of the characters, it's Luke. So Chris, he's like, yeah, I shoot Womp Rats with my T-16. And then one of the characters goes, don't you know that's the sign of a serial killer? And he goes, there's two sons and no women. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> there's two. Yeah, it's all aliens. But yeah, that is that is all I have. I mean, we get to episode four and we get the closure. We get him, his final meeting with Vader. Vader finally... Uh, well, Vader doesn't even technically off him. He just kind of fades into the forces like the lightsaber. Which freaked Vader through. the f out. Good. He deserved it. He I absolutely think, uh, deserved it. I forget if it was like a novelization or whatever, but that, that freaked Vader the fuck out because he was like, where the hell did he go? Like, I just. Yeah, because he, he specifically like, talks about like how my how his saber didn't come in contact with anything. Mm -hmm. He's like, something went. Something ain't right. That's gotta be that. such a piss off. Imagine getting like KS'd by the force. Like, <laughs> you finally meet your teacher after 20 after 10 years of getting after getting your ass beat and you're just like ha i'm gonna finally kid you now old ass man and force is like nope he's mine that's i love doing that when i'm playing league of legends just oh there's a guy across the map i'm gonna zoe q like flash ult. that's my kill please please do not talk about league of legends in my good christian podcast i'm i'm yeah i gotta go back and edit this out now like what the that's why would you just cut it out i'm just talking uh-huh i don't care talking about bad sh don't talk about league of legends around why'd me. you then why'd you use the term ks because that applies for more than just league of legends ks Nobody has been around what... since fucking cs go in the 90s shut up these these good christian people don't CS know what a go, ks CS. is i'm gonna tell your mama do it she gonna be so disappointed in what talking about vader pocket <laughs> and now this she listens to this she uh, heard it Ooh. I'm sure. Oh my God! Someone's selling a Grand Inquisitor lightsaber on Facebook Marketplace, right? Get to buy it Facebook me. Marketplace and finish the damn podcast. I'm waiting on you to stop talking about League of Legends first. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. You know we record, right? <laughs> I see your face right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end. It is only fitting that we take a moment to celebrate the life and legacy of a legendary figure in Star Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, Obi-Wan the homie, whatever you want to call him. He was a wise and skilled Jedi master that played a pivotal role in shaping the destiny of the galaxy far, far away from his early days as a Padawan under Qui-Gon, who we know is the 
Star Wars hippie that we love to his selfless sacrifice on the Death Star, Obi-Wan exemplified the true essence of a Jedi. His teachings, wisdom, and commitment to the principles of the Force left an indelible mark on the entire Star Wars saga, really. Whether he was facing down Sith Lords, leading the clone army, or watching over a young Luke Skywalker from the shadows of Tatooine, Obi-Wan's dedication to the greater good never wavered. As we reflect on his life, let us not forget the powerful lessons he imparted from the force will be with you always to you are the chosen one, Anakin. Obi-Wan's words echo through the ages, reminding us of the enduring power of hope, redemption, and the force. In times of darkness, Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi's unwavering spirit serves as a beacon inspiring us to stand against the forces of evil and to believe in the possibility of redemption. His legacy lives on not only in the Star Wars universe, but also in the hearts of fans around the world. So here's to you, Obi-Wan Kenobi, a Jedi master, a defender of peace, and a symbol of hope. May the Force continue to guide us as we carry his teachings forward and strive to make our own galaxies a better place. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the life and legacy of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And of course, may the Force be with you always. Mm -hmm.